Welcome to the KHOW Podcast. You've joined a community who focuses on following the word, living the word, and doing the word. We hope you enjoy these messages. These utterances and thoughts of God uh, were divine. He divinely inspired Moses to write the first five five, what we call books of the Bibles, the, the Pentateuch or the Torah, uh, Torah, the first five books were penned by Moses, but he was divinely inspired by God to record the story, to record the narrative. Um, scripture is, is God's way of, of saying uh, to us, saying to mankind, come, let's, 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 let's reason together. It's God's way of saying, let me share my heart with you. Let me show you my plan. I'm giving you something in your hand. I love what, what Psalm 119.105 says that the, 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 the word of God is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. Again, the Holy Spirit will illuminate that word to show us, give us understanding and grow us in wisdom. It'll, 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 it'll illuminate the, the scripture so that it, it becomes something that I think Pastor Kai said last week, it is, our, it is our playbook or our guidebook. This is our guide for life. And it's used to protect us. The, the scriptures are here to direct us, to correct us, to, to, to uh, encourage us. So, we talked about logos. For a moment, I want to talk about rhema. Rhema is another way of saying the word of God, but here's the difference. I'm going to read this definition. It says that rhema utterance is a, a utterance, a spoken thing, a direction, a narrative, a message. Again, logos, the what is his thoughts, his intents, his plans, his promises, his commands. Logos, the who is Jesus Christ, God's word in the flesh. But the rhema is the message. The rhema is the narrative. The rhema is the thing that gives direction. Rhema is the living word that instills faith in believers. I'll say that again. Rhema is the living word that instills faith in believers. Romans, uh, Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the rhema of God, hearing the rhema of God. Now for some, uh, I will say again, as I said last week, for some of you, this is review. You already know this, but this may be revelation for someone else with us tonight. So just hang in there. If this is, if this is old hat to you, just hang in there with us, okay? So the, the rhema is, is what comes from hearing. Uh, I love what, what Paul uh, asked the a question, I think it was in Galatians, maybe Galatians three or so. Paul asked this question. He says, does God give you his spirit and work his miracles by the law or by be you believing? Does he work miracles in your life? Does he give you his spirit because of, your working of the law or because of what you heard, because you believed what you heard. It's because of we, we cannot work our way into heaven. We can't be good enough. We can't do it right enough. We can't figure it out enough. 
to merit anything from God. Everything that God does, including our salvation, including our healings, including our provision is because we believe what we heard. We believed the rhema, we received the rhema. Our salvation is because we heard a message. That message was illuminated in us by the Holy Spirit. We believed it and by his grace, we were saved. If you can, let's turn to one, one passage tonight, Luke 23, the book of Luke 23. And this is, this is going, going to go really quickly tonight because I want to give us time to reason together, to discuss, to recap. So in Luke 23, and we're talking about the rhema the, and the logo, the who, the what, and the, and the, uh, um, the faith instilling word. Uh, 23, I'm going to read. I'm going to read this account starting at verse 39. Uh, this is Jesus is on the cross. Uh, it's at the crucifixion. He's on the cross. And as you know the story, uh, the account of really what happened, Jesus was flanked by two thieves who were also being crucified at one time and at the same time. And the, in verse 39, it says, then one of the criminals who was, who was hanged uh, blasphemed him saying, if you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other, the other, the other criminal answered and rebuked him and said, do you not even fear God seeing you are under the same condemnation? And in, we indeed justly, for we receive our due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing. Verse 42, pay attention here. Then he said to Jesus, the criminal says to Jesus, the one who's defending him on the cross, he says to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Verse 43, and Jesus said to him, assuredly I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. I want you to notice something here. The thief on the cross in this moment had an encounter with the logos, the, the what, logos, the who, and rhema, the receiving and illuminating of a faith-filled word. He said, Jesus or Lord, some versions say, some translations say he said to Jesus, some say he said to the Lord. In any case, this thief, somewhere along the line, heard about the kingdom. Somewhere along the line, whether it was there on the cross that day, but somewhere along the line, he heard that this man hanging next to him had a destiny linked to eternity and he wanted in. So he had an encounter with the what. He had a head knowledge of it. 
He had an understanding of it enough to ask. This, you know, when you get to your kingdom, can you hook a brother up? Is basically what he was saying. And then, so what did our precious, generous, kind, loving, gracious Lord to, to say to him? He said, assuredly, I say to you, you will be with me in paradise, Rama. Rama. Don't tell me that that brother did not die. Whether he died the next 10 minutes or the next 10 hours, he was dying with faith. He had encountered Rama. He had a promise that said, I'm going to be with the Lord in paradise this day. Rama is what instills the faith in us. Logos and Rama. There's tons of other words in the Bible that mean word, but these are the three basic ones that we should always be aware of so that when we're reading scripture and it says, and the Lord said, or you know, the word of God said, or the word of truth said, kind of we want to know is was this Rhema for the person who was hearing it? Was it, was it, you know, uh, an encounter with Jesus? that they were having, well, that probably wouldn't happen and that would only happen in the New Testament um, because, because he had not come yet in the Old Testament. But he is in, the, we're gonna talk about this and maybe not next week, but the week after that Jesus really is in the Old Testament. I'm excited to, to talk about that with you. He really is, like he's all over the Old Testament. Um, so I wanna end with this and then I'm gonna open up the floor for questions, comments and concerns. Um, I want to talk briefly about what the scripture is and what it is not. What the scripture is and what it is not. Number one, scripture, the Bible, is not a book of incantations or mantras. I got a clap, got a clap, clapping. <laughs> it is not, it, it's not, you can, you can, you can quote, um, you can quote, uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me until you blew in your face. You can have every post-it on every mirror of every, you know, every mirror in your house with scripture. But if it has not become rhema for you, first of all, if it's used out of context, it ain't going to work for you anyway. So let's just start there. That's, that's next week. That's, that's promises gone wild next week, Minister Malcolm. Promises gone wild next week, Minister Malcolm. Um, so we have to use the word in proper context, but it's not, the word of God is, is not incantations or mantras that you can just say out there and then expect, you know, God to move because you, you, you said it every day for 31 days. Stop it. Just stop it. <laughs> um, the word, again, we're talking about what the word, what the scripture is and what it is not. It is not to be treated casually, neglected, or ignored. The word of God is not to be treated casually, neglected, or ignored. I studied at the feet of one of the finest uh, Bible teachers on earth that God ever called, Terry McFadden Solomon. That is one of my, that's my mentor as a teacher. And 
she never put her Bible on the floor. Even if it was in her purse, she would not put her purse on the floor. You know, we put it, we throw it out, we throw our box. There, listen, there is nothing magical about this book, the book itself, okay? This, you can see, I done, my, my stuff is raggedy, it's falling apart, whatever, it's been read to life, okay? Um, but there's nothing magical about this physical book is the word that it contains. But she used that as a, a not placing her Bible below her feet because number one is what they do uh, in Jewish tradition is you never place the scrolls or the word of God below your feet because he should always be above. It's a symbolic thing. And that stayed with me. So I asked her about it and, and she told me, she goes, it's just a reminder for me to give honor at, as, at all times. You know, if you put your Bible on the floor under your chair, church, you're not going to die and go to hell. Just know that, please. Just don't get all freaked out. Don't get over religious and all that. Just stop it. But keep in mind that this should always be elevated in your life. Always be elevated. It's not to be neglected. It's not to be ignored. And what I mean by that is if you read something and the rhema of the Holy Spirit brings up a rhema and that thing becomes live in you and you still are, are not doing what it says or not doing what it says not to do or whatever. If you get an instruction, a direction from the Holy Spirit directly from here and you know it and you ignore it, we can't do that. Woe to us if we do it. Do not neglect it. Take it casually or ignore it. It's nothing to play with. Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is sharper, is living. The word of God, the logos of God, the rhema of God is living. It is powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. We talked about this a little bit last week. It can, it's, like, it's like a two-edged sword. And I looked that up and it means it's like a mouth, like it, it, it devours. Um, there's a bullet, some, some of you who are into weaponry, you may know about this. There's, there's a particular shell or a particular bullet that once it hits impact, it opens up. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Come on, fellas. Maybe some of the fellas know. I forget what it's called. You know what I'm talking about, Sergio? What's it called? Uh well, I'm I'm gonna take a I'm I'm taking a guess. I'm not like a gun expert, mm -hmm. but I think it's the bullet, the hollow tip. Hollow tip. So hollow yeah. tip is well, the design because it's got a circle, right? So it's designed to like spread and do real damage versus a you know pointy bullet just might go through you. Yes. So the hollow tip's designed to really tear some you know organs yeah. and stuff. Yeah. That's it. That's what it is. So the Bible, the word of God, is like a hollow tip. <laughs> it will cut, it will pierce. It says, even to the division of the soul and the spirit. Our spirit is renewed in Christ because the spirit of the living God lives in us. But this soul, this flesh, always is fighting and combating the spirit that lives in us. But the word of God is like a hollow tip that will come and, and pew and just break that soul off of our spirit. 
that thing, that habit that you can't seem to break, that thing in your flesh that you were, you know, maybe you got a lying tongue, a gossiping tongue, maybe pornography is an issue for you. Maybe you're a glutton, whatever the thing is that your soul is still trying to, 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 to act as an assassin to kill your spirit. This, fire this on it. The word of God will take it out, will take it out. Amen. It's also a discerner of the hearts, a discerner of the thoughts and uh, intents of our heart. It says there in Hebrews 4.12. Finally, I will say this, two things. The word of God is eternal, is eternal. It does not pass away. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word, my logos, this is Jesus speaking, my logos, my rhema will never pass away. Matthew 24, 35. And finally, and I'm gonna read this short passage to you because I just think it's beautiful. Anyone who knows me knows I love Psalms. Knows me well, I should say, knows I love the book of Psalms. The final thing that the word of God is, not the final thing. It's so much more than what I'm outlining here. I, I encourage you to discover for yourself what else it is. That it is a light unto your path, that it is a discerner of your thoughts and intents. It, it, it is a hollow point bullet that can take your soulish desires off of your spirit, off of you, you, that it's eternal. I encourage you to look at what else the word of God says it is and what it is to you. What is it to you personally? And um, the one thing that it is to us all universally and corporately, and, and like I said, no irony in, uh, in, uh, in God, no coincidences in God. It was ordained that Pastor Kai talked, just prayed about the word of God being true and being truth. And I will end with this. The word of God, it is perfect and true. Psalms 33 I'm going to read four through nine. It simply says this, for the word of the Lord is right and all his work is done in truth. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made and all hosts of them by the bread of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deep in storehouse. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. The word of God is living and powerful and true and perfect and creative and a light and a healing. He sent his word and it healed them. 
it is so important that we learn to handle this word, this weapon, this lifeline, this guidebook, and all that it is, handle it with accuracy and respect. And as you do, I promise you, I said this last week, I promise you that as you fall in love with this, you are simply falling in love with him. Let all who hear and read understand. Questions, comments, and concerns. That's a great word, Pastor T. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Pastor. I see you. Thank, thank you, Pastor T. Uh, it's, a, it's a blessing that every time I come here, uh, um, I learn something new every day. And I just want to tell you thank you. And uh, thank Alex for, you know, inviting me. And I uh, just want to say thank you, God, for, uh, you know, directing me to some uh, special people. Thank you. Amen, brother. We love you, dude. We're so glad you're with us and so glad that you're you're getting some good, good, uh, good bread here. Good meat. Amen. Anybody else? Y'all are so quiet. No questions. Like I said last week, Jesus, when he went to the temple, uh, when he was a kid, I told the shared the account of when they were looking for him, they couldn't find him, and they found him in the temple with all of the rabbis and all of the teachers. And not only was he um, sitting around up there under their feet, he was asking questions and he was sharing. Any revelation, maybe you don't have a question. Maybe you had a revelation. Maybe you had some rhema drop on you. Anything. If not, I see you Ty. Hey, come on through. I have a question. Yes, ma'am. Um, I've heard people say that the Logos is the first five books. Would that be correct? Is like the Logos kind of something already said, like past tense, but still, you know, I know the word is living and I know there's no, you know, but could you say that? And could you say that Rama is like more of a now word? Okay. I, okay. So the Torah, the Torah, the first five books, we call it, the, I think the Hebrew Bible, and I'll stand corrected as always, the first five books of the, of the Bible, uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy is been called, the, is called in the Hebrew Bible, the Torah. In the Christian Bible, it can be called the Pentateuch. Pentateuch means five books or whatever. They were uh, recorded by Moses. Um, who we know was born long after Adam and Eve, but he, but again, God through his divine, div, divine inspiration through the Holy Spirit downloaded this, these narratives to uh, um, Moses. And I'm sure there was oral history that he got from people who were living. And, um, and so that is actually called not, it is logos in that it is, the thoughts, the intentions, the plans, the history of the revelation of God, Ty, those first five books contain all of that. It contains 
contains the word of God, but it's not called the, the, the logos, if that makes sense. I hope I'm answering that correctly. Mm -hmm. And the second part of your question um, was the logos was for, to, is for, was for then and the rhema's for today. Was that, did I get that right? Correct. Like, can you explain, would you say the whole word of God is logos? I would say the whole word of God is logos because the entire Bible, the every scripture is divinely inspired by God. So in essence, it's the word of God. Did he, did he, Paul talks in the Bible, Moses talks in the Bible, all these different people talk in the Bible. So you wouldn't say those are God's words, but the, they, what they're talking about or the stories that they're recounting are all God's arc, overarching where I see you pastor. And, and I would also just to add to that, uh, you know, another definition of logos is the written word. Yes. Right? I keep saying recorded. When I say recorded, I mean, written. I know what but, you mean. Yeah. So I wanted to make sure I knew what you mean, but mm -hmm. written, right? Ty. So that which we hold as the Bible is the logos, the written word of God, that which we receive in prayer or revelation from the pages is what we would call the rhema of God. Thank Maybe you. that, I don't know if that helps a little bit. Okay. But okay. you were completely, I mean, absolutely. Pastor T completely yeah, Especially right. concerning the five yeah. books and what yeah. you shared. Absolutely. That's, that's absolutely on point. Yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you for that clarification. Good question. Thank you so much, Ty. Good question. And here's the thing. The reason why it's great to discuss these things is because someone can say it in a way that you that makes it even clearer for you. And it's also a good way to tell what you know and what you don't know. Last week, I asked out loud, I asked you guys, who is the word of God and what is the word of God? And I will say, and this is not to embarrass anyone and I won't call any names, but there was, I just saw question marks pop up all over the screen. It's like people had to think about it it's because you know, we have to think about what we know and what we don't know. And, and here's the thing, gang, the father is a gracious and kind, God is a gracious and kind father. He understands better than anyone our limitations as humans. Why? Because he created us. He does not expect us to, to memorize or know every point of scripture, every point of theology, every verse, every jot, every tittle. He's not asking for that. But he is asking that what we do know, that we handle it accurately, that we have a full understanding and that we live it and model it and share it. Anything else? Well, if, oh, I see you again, Pastor Kai. Yes, I, I just wanted to say too, guys, there's no silly question. Like don't, don't leave here thinking, well, maybe that's too elementary, maybe that's too little. Um, someone asked me recently, cause I'm teaching a course somewhere else. And they, and this was a legitimate question. They said, isn't the only time Jesus talks we see in red? And that's not true. Right. But what we have been taught as children, a lot of us, is that when you see the red, that's when Jesus was talking. As if that's the only time Jesus <laughs> was talking. Right. And so I'm, I, and I'm being serious. It's simple things like that, 
that we are told and we lock away. And so as we're reading, it's like, well, so Jesus didn't say that because it's not in red. Something that simple, guys. So please don't think that there's any question that's too silly, any question that, you know, uh, is going to sound weird or like you don't know enough. We all don't know enough. And that's what's the beauty of this is we have a collective team of leadership that will help to answer any questions that you lay before. So when these moments are open, because the truth of the matter is most of us have, have never been able to go to a place or a, a house of worship where when they were done speaking, you got to ask questions. And so many of us have walked away with a ton of questions, no answers, and have pretended that we're in agreement or right where everyone else is. We grow at different rates. We learn at different rates. But the beauty here is that God designed a fellowship that we could walk away in agreement, that we could be open and honest and ask questions. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's why we always say, are there questions, comments, or concerns? I see you, Sergio. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh... Pastor uh, Tifa, uh, I got one question. Is is it fair to say that uh, uh, Rama is is uh, we've all kind of experienced at one point in our life? Is, would... is it fair to say that because, like what uh, Pastor Kai was saying, you know, uh, logos is more of a written, more of a tangible thing, right? Like written words, statements, utterance, utterances that were collected, you know, through time, uh, the word of God, and then Rhema, uh, maybe, maybe I understood it wrong, it's more like the direct message, right? Like something that wasn't tangible, something that was a feeling, or something that was, you know, when you felt God speak to you, you know, it was, you, you felt it in, in your heart, I guess, in your body, it was something that you heard. You know, that, that was just my question. Uh, no, that's is it fair? It, you know, moments, you know, I'm, I'm sure like a lot of us that have been saved or probably felt the rhema at one point, maybe for small, subtle things. Just curious if that's like something that could describe in detail with what rhema is. I, I, I think that's a great question. And I, I would think that if I'm looking at your face and even if I'm looking at your name or your face and you're in this room and you profess Christ, you absolutely have experienced rhema because it was the rhema of the message of salvation that brought you to repentance, that brought you to a decision of saying, you know, God, I believe that I believe in you and I believe that Jesus Christ is your son and you sent him to die for me. You, I believe that it is by your grace and only your grace that I am saved through faith because I believe in Jesus. So if you're a believer and professing belief that you believe in Jesus Christ, you have experienced rhema. There may be someone, like I was mentioning earlier, people have been exposed to the word. They sit in church all day. They may have been exposed to it. They may have even heard something or sensed something, uh, but not acted on it and not grasped it or not yielded to, I should say, not surrendered to it. Um, there are people like that. I, I talk about my father, Miss Robin, and I are sisters, if you didn't know. And, and um, our, our dad, you know, he, I, to my knowledge, he only went to church like on every once in a while on Easter or Christmas or for something special. My father he actually lit up a cigarette in church one time. So he really, but he was exposed to it. <laughs> 
Charles Buckner child. Um, he was exposed to it. He heard the word. He got the maybe the knowledge of my mother was a praying woman. He, I'm sure through her, he got knowledge of it. He got logo, logos, but I don't know that he ever experienced Rama, um, even though he was exposed to the logos of the word. Does that help? Okay. All right, gang. Well, there's nothing else. All hearts and minds clear. Malcolm's hands up, Pastor T. I see Malcolm. So people like do this, but I don't know because you're like you're like Trev. You just went like this, and that's Marlo. <laughs> so I was like, but it's Malcolm. Sorry, it was Malcolm. It's, sorry, that's good. <laughs> okay, I'll be quick, Pastor T. The the one thing that uh, struck me tonight was the Bible is not mantras or incantations. I think for a lot of the early part of my life, the reason why I still acted sinfully was because the Bible was mantras and incantations to me. And it is exactly, it didn't, they were, they were words that made me feel good for the moment as opposed to a word that I could live by. Mm. So thank you for the clarity of that, because I, I, I can see a lot of, I can see a lot of people um, really sort of trying to get by thinking or not understanding that they're, they're using the word of God as a mantra or an incantation. Mm. And that rhema piece of it is so critical. And I'm also thankful because I feel like it's really helpful for me when I even have conversation, I minister to people to really ask and to understand what is the word of God for you in your life? Is it an incantation? Is it something that you just post up or is it something that is a message that is the directive for your life? So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Good. All right. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Got to have that understanding of it, not just the head knowledge of it. That's what makes the difference. All right. Well, that, that's it. Danielle. Um, Danielle. Oh, right. Danielle. Okay. Um, really quick, just to um, kind of add to what Malcolm was saying and how he was saying it was um, how the word, like it, I guess maybe it, it didn't last while he still had sinful nature. Uh, just to share with you, I was having a conversation with my sister last night, and there was uh, one of the things that I took away from the merge when I heard um, elders speak about um, some of us only knowing God as our Savior. And so what clicked for me was because I had only recognized him as my Savior, then I didn't see him as father for a long time as a good father for a long time so if I know that in my life the only time I get attention from the savior is when I need saving from something because my my perception of him was wrong mm -hmm. um uh-oh and we lost her there's that quickly 
but I understand what she's saying. We, we, it's, it's a learning thing, a thing to learn is to experience him um, and relate to God in all of his, in all of his capacities. There she is. They get someone nervous. <laughs> but anyway, mm -hmm. um, I wish it was a way I could block all calls while I'm on Zoom. But um, anyway, I only saw him as my savior. So it was like, I would be like that child that we would say, you know, you're looking for attention, but you're looking for the wrong attention. So it's always this damsel in distress type thing or sabotage because I know God is gonna come to my rescue. I didn't know how to enjoy him as my father. That was not sticking. Mm -hmm. that, that part was not sticking. So just from what he said about returning back to that sinful nature, that sometimes that I, I see that, I don't know if anybody else has had that experience, but I have. Only seeing him as my savior, if I didn't, if I felt like it wasn't something bad going on that I didn't need to be saved from, then I wasn't calling on him. I wasn't communicating with him. I wasn't, you know, cause I didn't see him as father. It was- Yeah, um, yeah you, weren't, you weren't relating to him. And as I was saying, when you jumped off, is, uh, fell off is that re relating to him and all of his capacities in all of his, you know, in all of the ways he, 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 he shows up in our life. You know, Jesus Christ as friend, I mean, it took right. me a while to, to relate to him as a friend because I've been right. afraid so much by friends. Right. And now he's my bestie, you know. So that was one of the things that was said to me that helped me. Um, the other thing that I was able to take away from that merge experience was he not only loves me, but he likes me. Mm -hmm. So that's huge for me because in any type of relationship, likability is always more important to me because I feel like love is a commandment. We don't really have an option to do that. You got to love your enemies, love yourself, love your neighbor, but you don't have to like them. There are a lot of people that we love that if we're honest, <clears throat> you might not like them, you might not like their personality. So the fact that he, he not only loves me, but he likes me so it helped me change my perception from just being savior. Oh, I can only call on him when I'm in trouble. Right, right. Now I get to really enjoy his company. Yeah. Because I don't have to be a damsel in distress just for him to come for me. Well, my prayer, uh, my prayer, my prayer is that if, if you start walking, will be that you will be able to walk uh, fully into that part of your relationship with him with the quickness and that you experience the fullness of it because when you find yourself having private jokes with the Lord the one of my favorite things is when because God can be funny believe it or not he, he is he can be very funny I have jokes with him I have conversations with him and that have nothing to do, like you said, with me having a problem, a challenge, needing something, whatever, just like I'm talking to a friend, you know, just hanging, just, just chilling in the cup with the Lord. It's, it's, it's possible and it's beautiful. And I, and I, I want that for you. I so want that for you. I so want that for you. What I'm going to do, because I understand the lateness of the hour for some of you in different time zones, I'm going to close. If anybody else wants to stay on, have anything else to share, um, I'm going to ask if, uh, uh, Trev, would you close us out in prayer? 
Can you do that? Yes, ma'am, I can. Thank, thank you, ma'am. Father, I thank you for a wonderful time of learning, clarification, and the ability to expand our relationship with you as well as our knowledge, Father God, to be in a space where we can lean into your word and lean into your own understanding, but also lean into each other for support and clarity and to be in a space where we can build our relationship through everyday moments, but especially now with the word, what some people have taken for granted or was taught that the Bible was a mantra. But Father, I thank you that the word is living and that it shall live in us and it shall live in our homes and wherever we go in our lives, Father God, and can spread that type of good news to family, friends, acquaintances, people that we meet throughout this earth, Lord. And I thank you for Pastor T, her, her knowledge, her ability to teach us on a level that is allowing us to be able to comprehend and her patience with us to allow us to be vulnerable and transparent, Lord God. It is only you that can allow this moment in time to be so wonderful, needed. And I thank you in the name of Jesus. I thank you for every person that is on this call and where they go and until we meet again and those who were not able to make it, Lord God, I thank you for every person who has to travel. Keep them safe, Lord God. Allow us to have some great rest and rest in you. And until you say, well done, let us keep thirsting after you, Father God. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So be it. It is is so i love you guys thank you guys so much for your your questions your attention i'll be back here next week for promises gone wild 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 see you later thank you for joining us for another episode of the khow podcast if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to email us at khowworshipla at gmail.com. That's K-H-O-W-O-R-S-H-I-P-L-A at gmail.com.